0: And let me just say welcome to Northridge Church. We are, we're pumped that you're here today. Today is going to be an awesome Sunday. It's already been an awesome Sunday. Today is open baptism. We're going to see a lot of public change. Yeah, you guys ready today? Come on, who's ready? I'm ready. It is my favorite Sunday of the year, and let me just start by just saying welcome to everybody. If you're a guest with us celebrating or supporting somebody, we're honored to have you here. Something we say each and every week, welcome home. Welcome home to Webster, to Rochester, our online campus. We are grateful to have you here this morning. And you know, have have you ever looked at your life and wondered this question, can I really change? Right? Can, 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 can I or you, is, is change really possible? Because the reason why we ask that question is because there have been times in our lives where we wanted change. We wanted change in our life. Maybe we wanted to lose some weight or maybe we wanted to eat healthier, watch less TV, read more books, be more patient, lose the anger, become better parents. Right? We, we saw an area in our life and we wanted to produce change. And for a season, we saw change. For a season, we ate more salads. For a season, we read more books and turned the TV off. For a season, we saw that change. But over six months, a year, two years, five years, what happened was we went back to our same old self. And it made us wonder. It made us question, can I really Change. Is change possible? Why is change so hard to achieve? And yet when you think about the church, like us together, the body of Christ, isn't that what we're after, to see lives changed by Christ? right? And if you haven't been with us, we, over the last eight weeks, have really been casting some vision for our church we were saying, hey, in a series called A Church That, we've been talking about who we want to be as a church, who God desires us to be as a church. And, and the big thing, the big takeaway is if we want to be that church, we have to be those people. And today we're bringing an end to it by saying we want to be a church that sees and celebrates life change. And what I love about today is we are going to get to see the tangible evidence of God at work in the life of our church through baptism. Today, we accumulate this series with life change that is evident in people's lives. You'll get to hear some stories. You'll get to see some people take a step of baptism today. But under the umbrella of change, if we truly want to see people's lives changed by Christ, we have to answer this question first. Where does life change come from? What is the origin of change? Or maybe a better question is, who does life change come from? And we get that answer in Galatians chapter one. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter one. Jump into the Northridge Church app. You can take notes along with this morning. In Galatians chapter one, just to kind of give you the backdrop of this passage, the Apostle Paul is sharing his story. You could almost call this Apostle Paul's open baptism video. Because, you know what, hey, we we at Northridge, when we do a baptism, we often share a life change story, the story of change in somebody's life through Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what Paul, who is formerly known as Saul, is doing in Galatians chapter one. Let's pick it up. He says this. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ for you have heard of my previous way of life in judaism how intently i persecuted the church of god and tried to destroy it i was advancing in judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers and so paul begins to tell his story right who he was before jesus and if you don't know much about paul's life paul was probably the most religious man ever He was a Pharisee. He knew the Old Testament law inside and out. In fact, Paul was so passionate about religion that guess what he was doing? He was persecuting Christians because he thought they were a threat to the Old Testament law. And so he would do whatever he could to, to stop this movement of Jesus, to stop people following from Christ. And so he killed people. He threw people in jail. He pursued them to persecute them. And what's fascinating about the beginning of Paul's story is here's a religious man. He did all the traditional things. He checked all the religious boxes, and guess what? It couldn't change him. See, many of us, we bank on our good deeds, our religious activity, to change the heart of stone that we have, but it doesn't work. And Paul is evidence of that, but what does actually change us? I love the next three words he says. He says, but... When God, come on, anybody testimony of that today? But when God, that's my story and that's your story because change happens when God interrupts our lives. Change happens when we receive the grace of Jesus poured over our lives. That's what Paul says, he says, but when God who set me apart from my mother's womb called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So what changed Paul? It wasn't his religion. It wasn't his good deeds. Paul was changed by an encounter with Jesus Christ because that is who change and where change comes from. It's from Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you Paul's story. You can read it later in Acts chapter nine. Paul is actually on his way to Damascus. He's on his way to persecute Christians, to to throw in jail people who are following Jesus. And on his way to Damascus, Jesus interrupts the road to Damascus. And he cries out to Paul, he says, Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And then Paul asks a really important question. He says, who is this? And Jesus answered, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And from that Moment on, Paul's life changed. He was completely different. He was once dead, but he was made alive. He was once lost, but now he was found. And that change in Paul's life was evident for everybody else to see. In fact, look how they describe Paul after his encounter with Jesus. Look what it says in verse 21 it says, Then I went to Syria and to Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the reports. What did the reports say about Paul? The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. You want to talk about a change? Here's a guy who wanted to persecute Christians, and now he's the loudest voice for all of Christianity and for the gospel of Jesus Christ, because he was changed by an encounter with Jesus. Jesus. And that's many of our stories today. Many of us here today, worshiping and singing, have been changed by the grace through Jesus' cross and his resurrection. It's radically changed our lives, and the way we declare that change is through what we call baptism. You might ask the question, what is baptism and what is today all about? Well, baptism is our opportunity. It's your personal choice to declare to your friends, your family, your church, that Jesus is your savior, that he has changed your life. We like to say it like this at Northridge Church, that baptism is a public display of an inward change. That baptism is your moment to declare to God and your family, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. His cross and his resurrection has transformed this heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And what's interesting is if you study the word baptism, it actually literally means to be dunked, to be immersed into water. And, And that's really important to understand because when we get baptized, we are identifying with Christ. When we were identifying with his death and his burial, we're saying that our old way of life is going away, that we were once slaves to our sin, but we're no longer dead to them. And then his death and his burial and his resurrection, that Jesus is raising us to new life, that his cross and his resurrection causes us to walk into freedom, no longer slaves, but been set free by the grace and the mercy of Jesus. And so when we identify with Christ through our baptism, and here's just crazy. If you were to study the early church, You would rarely, if ever, find a follower of Christ who wasn't baptized. Why? Because those things flowed synonymously together. In fact, when when Peter was preaching to the early church, he he gives them this command. He says, repent and be baptized. He tells the early church to do these two things and the order of these things are very important. The first thing he says is repent. Like, repentance is to, to do a 180, it's to go in a different direction, and that's what happens when we encounter Jesus. That's what happened to Paul, and that's what happens to us. We realize that we're no longer slaves to our sin, that Jesus' cross and resurrection offers us a new way, and we turn from our sin, we repent from our sin, and we walk into new life. We walk in a different direction. And Peter says, when you do that, the next thing you do is you get baptized. You declare that truth to your family and your friends. And today is awesome because you, each and every one of you, will have an opportunity, if you haven't done that, to do that today. But before we get there, I want you to understand two things about baptism. The first one is this, baptism is a command from God. This isn't optional. You don't get to opt out of baptism because you're nervous or you're afraid. No, this is a command from our Savior. If you know Jesus as your personal Savior, he's your forgiver, he's your leader, and you haven't been baptized, I'm gonna say this as forcefully and as gently as I can. If you haven't done that, you're living in disobedience to your Savior because it's a command from God. The second thing you need to understand about baptism is baptism is your personal declaration of your trust in God. You see, there's nothing special about this water, right? The water is just a symbol of you declaring with your heart and your life that I no longer trust me with my life. I no longer trust my ability or my wisdom or my capacity. I trust in the living Savior who changed my life. And I'm amazed today. I'm saddened today at how many Christians wait and wait to publicly announce their love for Jesus. Because as I read the scriptures, as I read the early church, they were desperate. They were excited to tell the world that they followed Jesus. In fact, there's a story in Acts about an Ethiopian traveler. And much like you and me, this Ethiopian traveler had been reading the scriptures, he'd been reading the Old Testament law, and yet he was a little bit confused by it. He didn't fully understand it. It wasn't until Philip came to this Ethiopian traveler and explained the scriptures, told him about Jesus, what he did on that cross and through his resurrection. And in that moment this Ethiopian traveler places his faith and trust in Jesus Christ and right after that moment they're traveling and you can see in the imagery of scripture that this Ethiopian traveler is desperate to find water so he can tell his friends and his family that he has sa- he's been saved by Jesus. Look what it says in Acts chapter 8. It says this what the Ethiopian traveler says. He says, look, here's some water. What could get in my way? What could stop me from being baptized? And you see in his heart, this passion, this desire to identify with Jesus because of what he did in his life. And it's almost as if God is asking you that same question today. What is stopping you Seriously, what would stop you today if you know Jesus as your personal savior and you haven't publicly declared that through baptism, what would stop you today? What would get in your way? Imagine this, you're at a wedding. It's a beautiful wedding. Fall leaves, bride is glowing in her white dress, groom is ready. And so the ceremony begins, and you know, the cute little flower girls go down, and the, 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 the ring bearer goes down, and the ceremony's beautiful, they exchange vows and rings, and everybody's excited for this couple that's gonna be married, and they, the husband kisses the bride, or the, 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 he kisses the bride, and, and it's that moment that everybody waits for, it's the ending of the ceremony where the officiant, the pastor gets ready to say, I now pronounce you as, and, and can you imagine at that wedding if, if a bride or a groom both said, hold, hold on a second, but you just wait a little bit on that whole like public declaration? Like, hey, let's just kind of figure things out before we like go official with this whole thing. That would be shocking at a wedding. And yet, that is how many Christians live their life. Jesus, I want heaven and I want you. But this whole like public pronunciation of you, You just got to give me some time. What would stand in your way from living in obedience to your Savior who died in your place, took on your sin, and gave you the victory over it? What would get in your way? You know, maybe for some of you today, it's, you know, I'm just not sure. I was baptized as a baby. Is this for me? Well, here's the reality about baby baptisms is those aren't your personal choices. Those are your parents' choices and we know from scripture that baptism comes after salvation and so if you were baptized as a baby and you're ready and you know Jesus as your personal savior today is your day or maybe you're here today and you're like Drew I want to but I'm terrified I'm afraid to stand up in front of my friends and my family it just makes me nervous I'm anxious but can I tell you if you're afraid today sometimes your faith has to trump your fear today is your day or maybe you're here today and you're saying you know what Drew? I, I don't know if I'm old enough to take that step well the truth is is the Bible doesn't give us an age of baptism there is only one prerequisite to, to baptism and that's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and so if you know Jesus as your personal Savior he saved you he's rescued you he's redeemed you and you haven't been baptized today is your day or maybe you're here today and you're like you know what true I want to, I'm ready. I didn't come prepared. Well, I got great news for you today. Our teams have been preparing and praying for you, right? We've got shorts, we've got underwear, we got hair dryers, we got hair gel. We don't have it, we'll go get it because we don't want anything to stand in the way of you getting baptized today. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, true. I wanna get baptized, but I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. Well, can I tell you, nothing excites this church more than introducing people to Jesus. And here's what I believe today. I believe today you can surrender your life to Jesus and do it the early church way, where you get saved today and you get baptized in the same day. Today can be your day. Or maybe you're here today and you look at your life and you're like, Drew, you know, I want to be baptized, but you don't understand. I look at my past and there's sin that I can't even describe. I live with regret. My past haunts me and my biggest fear is that I would get in that tank today and people would look at me and say, you don't deserve that, you shouldn't be in there. And here's what I want you to know. If you've got a past today, there is no past big enough to overcome the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Today is your day. What would get in your way? You know, today's, it's real special for me because in my own family, we've been talking about baptism. My oldest daughter, Joelle, she has a relationship with Jesus Christ. She knows him as her personal savior, not daddy's savior, but her savior. And about a couple weeks ago, she said to me, daddy, I want to get baptized. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's no greater words to a daddy's heart than that, but you know, I wanted it to be her choice, not my choice. And so you could see, I was like, all right, you all, open baptism is coming. And you could see as the process began, she she began to grow a little bit nervous, a little bit of fear. And that fear led to like a bunch of questions like, Daddy, Daddy, is the water going to be warm? (laughs) Yo, I got great news today. 90 degrees, church, (laughs) 90 degrees. Daddy, where am I going to go? And do I stand up? And can Mommy come with me? And here's the truth. My little daughter is like a lot of us. Today, you know the right step. You know it's your time to get baptized, but your fear and the enemy will tell you anything he can to get you to stop from taking a a step of faith today. But can I declare over your life, today is your day. So let's, Let's do this, I'm gonna give some instructions and then we're gonna go for it. And so if you're watching online today, you might just come to this assumption that today's not for you, that's a lie. If you're watching online and you live close to one of our physical locations, I would challenge you, if you wanna get baptized, Jesus is your leader and forgiver, and you haven't been baptized, you get in your car and you drive to Webster, you drive to Rochester, we'll be waiting for you. You just say, hey, I wanna get baptized today and we'll make that happen. We also have people all around the United States that watch each and every week, and I get it, that might be a little bit of a far drive for you, okay? So if you just go to Iwant.info, there's a banner at the top that says I wanna be baptized. If you fill out that information, we will do whatever it takes to make you take that step in baptism. So that's for our online audience. If you're here at Rochester or you're at our Webster campus, it's as simple. I'm gonna to count to three in a couple seconds and, and you, all you have to do is you got to stand to your feet and walk towards the back. There will be volunteers who are pointing you in the direction you need to go. I would ask you again, what would get in your way? If you're not getting baptized today, your job, it's one. You celebrate like Jesus is alive. You cheer and you shout and you be in awe of what Jesus is going to do. So here we go. If you know Jesus as your personal Savior and you are ready to get baptized today, I'm going to count to three. You stand and you go. Here we go. One, two. Three, let's go. Come on, let's go, let's go, come on, let's go, let's go, come on, let's go, come on, let's go, come on, let's go, go. here we go, come on.